0: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at EarSports.com. I am Mike Casaza. Chris Anderson. This is, I think, probably without exaggeration, our most anticipated episode yet. And it has nothing to do with you
1: and me. Absolutely nothing to do with us. Everything to do with, well, honestly, right now, do we do we even know what it, what it has to do with? I mean, I, I know the general topic, but do we know where it's going to go? Do we know what's going to happen? Do we know what the end game is and what we're looking for. But um, I I guess that's why this is anticipated. Yeah, lots of um,
0: clamor as far back as maybe like Wednesday of last week when this news first came out that Texas and Oklahoma were intent, never mind interested, upon leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. In the days that have followed, this seems like it's going to happen. Maybe this afternoon you'll have an official notification from those two schools to the Big 12 that neither intends to extend or resign or continue their grant of rights to the Big 12. What that means is that they're basically going to let their contract expire and enter the free market. And they'll join the SEC, which will be happy to take them, or at least 13 of the 14 schools will be happy to take them. And then, man, the rest of the world is left on fire because this is going to have just long-reaching, deep-drilling impact uh, within college sports. I don't know what's too extreme or or what's underselling the severity of this, but I think pretty much any reasonable scenario here that predicts that nothing will be the same after this, that's probably within the scope of acceptability.
1: As I say, we, we've heard and seen and read Everything from oh, the Big 12 will just add, you know, Cincinnati and, and BYU or whatever it is to this is the beginning of the Power Five conference teams separating from the NCAA and basically realigning like the NFL and everything in between. And I don't think anybody's crazy for any of the suggestions made inside of that kind of spectrum. I mean, I think there's some that are a little more reasonable than others, but I'm really not putting um, anything, anything to rest. You know, I'm not not saying anything's impossible right now. I've seen some of the like the
0: Twitter graphics and some stories from people that have have been forwarded along to me about this like mini NFL of 32 to 48 teams. And we're just so used to 10 and 12 and 14 and now 16 team conferences that it seems ridiculous. This isn't going to happen. But, like, what if the Big Ten and the SEC are just like, hey, we're bigger and better than everybody. Let's form a 32-team league or whatever. Today it looks ridiculous on a screen. But who's to
1: say in five or ten years from now that's not what's going to happen? Mike, you're sounding an awful lot like uh, Bob Bowlesby there. You uh, realignment's dead. Expansion's dead. It's not even – we're not even talking about it anymore. What did you say that, like, last week? Did, do, you, do you hear that in the background? What's that? That's taps.
0: (laughs) Playing lightly. Because there's going to be major, major changes across college leadership here, I think, on this. Because people are just caught looking. Um, Yeah, let's start there. I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that. I was in Dallas for that. And I really enjoyed listening to him speak because he's, again, I I keep going over this. He's not afraid to say anything. He typically has a headline for the entire circus of media days that follows. For whatever reason, he's the ter- the trendsetter. He says something first, or he says something loudest or most articulate, and that gives the other conferences their talking points. I don't know if he's appointed for that role, or if he accepts that role, but it just seems like every year that he does something like that. Um, and this year, it was a lot of the vaccine stuff and, and the player participation relative to canceling or postponing games and all that. But at the very end of it, he brought up, and again, he brought up the expansion topic to the point it was the final question and he said um, i think i lost five bucks because no one asked me about expansion and then he went into how like it's a moot point because cable is no longer relevant and then this and that and then he said that's not something that keeps them up anymore at night and i'm just thinking in my head there's no way that people aren't trying to get out of a conference or into a conference because cable is no longer relevant number one number two if, if not the Big 12, who should be either on guard about losing schools or ambitious about adding schools, whether that's from the group of five or, or other power conferences. But the, the Big 12 is your number three revenue conference. Do you want to be third or forever? No, you'd like to be second, maybe first, probably not going to reach out to one of them, but get better. So maybe be thinking about how can we expand? How can we go from 10 to 12 since we are called the Big 12? Um, but maybe just, you know, the palace gates were open here and that was an indication that those two marquee programs are right for the picking. There's seminal moments in any episode like this, where you go back to the inception point and you go, man, that's when everything changed, uh, man, that's when everything changed on this one. There, I couldn't believe it when it happened.
1: And then you look back at it now, what's ridiculous. I'm trying to find my tweet. Somebody, uh, your, your boy, fake Bob Huggins Mm -hmm. pulled it up from my Twitter archives. Um, not something I recommend people doing very often, but it was from 2016. And in it, Bob Ballsby says something to the effect of realignment's over. This is done. We're not talking about it, or whatever it was. And uh the president from Oklahoma said, eh, not so fast. And I think, you know, and, and I said at the time, the the big 12 summed up in one exchange and, and it is true. Like the, the Oklahoma's, the, the smart schools. I mean, I think everybody is. And in, I think a lot of the schools, individual schools have always kept tabs in the back channels and all these, you know, sneaky places that they get on their burner phones and their burner emails to set things up and talk things and all that stuff that they've always kept their head on a swivel with this. Because the individual schools, I think, realize that at any point they could be stuck in a bad spot. But it seems like leadership in this conference is just, it, it's, I don't know. I, I think, go back to the original the original issues in the Big 12 over a decade ago. When things started going bad, schools started leaving, and all the infighting started. It started because Texas was getting a larger share of the money. That was part of the reason. That, that all that fighting started. And then they come back, they figure things out, even out the money, somehow barely managed to salvage this league. And now we're circling back to try to save the league again by giving Texas and Oklahoma a larger share of the money, which when that story leaked out, oh. as, you, as you put it, just an outstanding leak from whoever that president or AD from whatever school, Outstanding job. If you're listening, kudos. Cause that's how you do a that's how you do a proper media league right there. That's um that's somebody
0: who's just pissed off and isn't gonna take any more. That's the sound of eight presidents or chancellors rolling their eyes and saying, Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Because once 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 a league says we're losing these two who have already expressed their desire to no longer be part of you, even though we've given them significant advantages competitively and financially, such as a separate existence from the big 12 now and ESPN plus to get them to stay. We're going to take some of your revenue and give it to them instead. Now, are they going to directly take like 2% from every school and give it to them? No, but that money's coming out of somebody's pocket or not going into somebody's pocket. And guess what? It's those eight schools. And once that's floated, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the presidents for not revolting, but I'm pretty sure in their head, they were going nuts on stuff like that. I would hope to have to think and then someone said, I, hey, I got this. I got Dodd's phone number. <laughs> yeah, And just send him a text or an email. And whoop, that's definitely going to go up and, and get the tentacles and go everywhere. Um, and then again, it just sends a message that, listen, you eight Are conditioned to being less than. Eat it. You don't matter as much as these two, which I guess that's true. But guess what? Those two are out the door. There's no indication they're coming back unless this thing flips on its head. And if that's the case and we're wrong, hey, great. Things aren't going to be as screwed up as they will be soon. But you're going to lose your other eight because you told them that they're not equitable. (laughs) So why would they stay? That's just a bad, bad play. And whoever's idea that was, somebody's got to go just somebody's got to go for something like this you can't when when something like this happens status quo upon the return is never the way to go that's why you make changes so i would think that there's going to be some shuffling here and you know i don't know who falls on a sword or who has the sword find them but things are going to change for sure and they probably should be because this comes so out of nowhere um i don't know i guess we've already begun so i don't know where to proceed from here i think beginning at the inception point is really good because it was so sudden so out of the blue that i just i have a hard time I just have a hard time believing this is going on since evidently after the football season ended, um, that these two schools were quietly going about this um, and, and just, it, it popped up out of nowhere. Like really the people I've talked to around West Virginia, I've had zero conversations. I can say this confidently and truly with Shane Lyons or Gordon Gee. Um, but the people I've talked to were not aware of this until it hit Twitter. And then it found them some hours later. So this did come out of the blue, I think of West Virginia, which, which leads me to this, Chris, because I think it does matter. Do you think that Lions gee West Virginia did
1: not know about this until we all found out? I think if they knew about it it was not 6 months ago. Mm-hmm. As as we all know, things never stay that quiet. Like the fact that it stayed that quiet tells me that the circle of people who knew were basically Texas and OU's top 2. And the SEC's top two, maybe, and that's about it. I mean, we even heard th- about how, in those same reports, about these conversations going on for six months, that the SEC purposefully kept it from member institutions like Texas A and M because they were concerned that A and M would have a huge pushback on it, leak it, just like we're talking about with this other stuff with Dodd and the Big Twelve. So I think you know the circle of people who knew up until like maybe a month ago maybe a couple weeks ago, was pretty darn small.
0: A a, a lot of people are going to say, what does it matter? And I get that. Like, hey, the house is on fire. Let's take care of that first. I agree completely. And I don't mean to put blame on anybody here, because when this is done so surreptitiously, listen, people are going to lose and they're going to get caught. But, and I'll get to this. I think that West Virginia should be, their fans and their, their people who are affected by this should be pretty optimistic about who's in charge that said man lions is in some really important rooms and he's the head of those rooms he's the chair of this he's the the head of this listen and his stock has zoomed in the past i don't know 18 years so or 18 months or so maybe even before that he was certainly on track for some of these appointments and positions but Somebody from the SEC or somebody from the ACC or somebody from ESPN or Fox was in a room with him at some point and thought, you know, I like this guy. Hey, Shane, you should know this. And I think that may have happened. Like, I can see that happening. Maybe maybe a week ahead of time, maybe in Dallas, which is a week before the SEC's media days. But the other part about that is if that didn't happen, if he's in position to have someone tip him off, hey, really admire what you've done. You've been great for college football in the past year. By and large, we couldn't be here without you right now. You got us into and then through a season. I think you should know this. Heads up, professional courtesy. I can see when that happens. I don't think that's unreasonable. That doesn't happen. And people were in the room and kept secret secrets when they could have helped him or given him a tip or a heads up. That worries me a little bit because then you're not interested in West Virginia. Because if you want to do business with them, if you're ESPN or Fox or the ACC, if you're a president, at chancellor, an AD from the ACC, and you, you've heard about this, you know about this, and you don't tell them, that means West Virginia probably isn't on your radar. I'm not saying anybody in the SEC would be telling Lions this unless it was a, hey, you're not coming to the party, but understand there is going to be a party that is going to affect you. You know, there's going to be loud music next door. You might want to go out of town for the night, something like that. I just wonder if those things happen and, and how much of a head start he got, because I think that's possible. But if it didn't happen, what does that mean about West Virginia's fate here? And again, would I normally be keeping score? No, I don't think that, you know, that's necessarily an important part. Again, things are on fire right now. Let's put those out first. But underneath that, there are implications as to what people think of West Virginia's involvement in the next step here. And that's kind of why I do pay attention. I think it's a question I'd like to have answered. I'd certainly love to ask it. But I think when he found out and how much of a head start he had, upon everybody else. That's kind of important to me.
1: Is it is it time to segue into if he had that head start or even if he didn't? What is well here, let me phrase it this way. You are the athletic director of West Virginia. The moment you find out about what's going on. What are what is the first thing you do? And does that first thing you do does it change whether you found out 3 months ago? or last week? That's a good question. That's a really good
0: counterpoint to mine because and we're assuming here, but let's assume that if you're a, if you're an athletic director and you keep a list of head coaches or deputy ADs or people you may have to hire in the event that you fire someone or lose someone, I surely hope that there isn't a bigger priority for you than what would happen if your conference collapsed and you might have a, a list like that. I'm not saying like, all right, ACC 1, SEC 2, Big Ten 3, but like kind of a like a fire drill. Listen, if the alarm goes off, this is what we do. We get in single file, we go out, you know, we turn right at the cafeteria, we go out of the double doors and we're outside, right? Something like that, where if this does happen, here's what we do. You know, do we, I don't know, we put a plan in motion, whatever, to be called Jim Clements? I don't know, but I'm assuming that there's some intense scenario. So I would think that in large regard the gap between when he found out and when others found out, maybe that's not any, that's not so significant when it comes to procedure. I just think that when it comes to West Virginia's involvement, again, if you want them to be at the table with you, you give them a heads up and you talk to them. So that's why it matters to me here, I think. And it may be insignificant and it may matter more to some than others, but I would have to think to have a plan. And to that point, we did here in, in March or April that the negotiations, the preliminary talks about extending the contract weren't going great. And I don't know who told me that, if it was on the record or off the record, but I can remember hearing that, Um, maybe even read something about it. But you're still years away from it not being an issue. Maybe not years away, maybe months or a year away from it not being an issue. Yeah, you have a couple more years in your contract. So what if you can't find the terms right now to extend it? But if it was discouraging, then that might give you a heads up. So we're talking three, four months here where your 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 senses should be tingling a little bit. Wait a minute. The money the money's going to come under expectations? Who is that going to affect? The people who want a lot of money. What might the people who want a lot of money do? Leave. What happens if they leave? We better get our house in order. So maybe you go back to that plan, that fire drill escape plan, and you, and you refresh it a little bit. So, ideally, there wasn't a whole lot of dust on the cover. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that that's your best case scenario there. I just wonder... Um, how many of the people had a beat on, whatever. And also, to be honest, I don't think it's a thick manual for West Virginia as to what happens next, right? Like, there's there's not many options, and one or two are way better than the others. So, again, if you're playing from behind, playing catch-up, it's not that big of a deal when you don't have to go through eight or nine different plans. If you only have one or two, and we can get into this, West Virginia's options are kind of obvious. Maybe that diminishes the delay.
1: The options are obvious. You're right. I I think, and let's you know, there's no major scoop to say. uh, Probably the best case scenario for West Virginia is ending up in the ACC. Like that's not groundbreaking. Oh my God, scoop! Scoop City news here. But I think what? (laughs) What's that? Yeah, I think. Well, I, 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 I'm what I'm getting to here is the the where is not as important as the how and you had a couple stories this week that fans were really drawn to um, before we got on this podcast we kind of talked about those uh, how how uh, many people came to read those and talk about those stories that you wrote because I think I think that's key here the how West Virginia gets in to presumably the ACC is more important than the where because uh, again option one A, and probably one B, realistic option, is ACC, period. Like, there are some drawbacks. That TV contract with ESPN is horrendous. Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking if West Virginia left the Big 12 and went to the ACC, they would make what I think it was, trying to remember the numbers off the top of my head, but like $10 million less per year throughout the length of that contract. Mm -hmm. But again, beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. So you, you take it and you bite the bullet. You hope that maybe somebody else comes with you and you negotiate a new contract. But, um, no, nah, sorry, I got derailed there. But what? how is West Virginia proving to the ACC or whoever that they are a viable and should be included in this big seismic shift?
0: You Here's what you do. You hand them a poster with the 12... 12- Excuse me, the 14 ACC programs on it, right? I'm Shane Lyons. I walk into the office in Greensboro, pull the poster out of my pocket. Shane's tall, of course, so he can fit a poster in his pocket. Unroll the poster, and there's your 14 teams, right? Mm -hmm. Grab scissors and cut out Clemson and Florida State. Because if you're the ACC and you don't lose something, do something, you risk losing Florida State and Clemson right now. You do. Like, it's naive to think that. Or you risk losing Georgia Tech and UNC to, to the Big Ten. Like, it, the ACC is now your next low-hanging fruit. The Big 12 was there, and the Big 12 regionally, you can get those teams. The Big 12 was number one because, one, there's always some sort of a chaos there, and you can put some blush lipstick on the pig a little bit, and you can make it look like it's better than it actually is. And, and the Big 12 did that for many years. Like, financially, that made people really, really happy. But Texas and Oklahoma are only going to stay happy for so long, and they were they were itchy, and they, it looks like they're leaving. So because Texas and Oklahoma are so attractive and so powerful, the Big 12 is your low-hanging fruit if you're a picker like the SEC or the Big 10 So they picked those two teams. Well, now who's left? If you're the SEC or the Big 10, you're probably not going after each other. Maybe, maybe not. Now it's the ACC because some of those teams are right there. You're not going to go to the Pac-12 necessarily as easily, I think, as you could either to the rest of the Big 12 or big splash, big splash, the ACC. Now, could the Big Ten I've seen at UCLA, USC? Sure. That's bold, ambitious. That's something I can't wrap my head around right now. But I could see the ACC losing big-time programs to the Big Ten or the SEC because that's how this works now. Someone has reached out and grabbed something big and been rewarded with all sorts of headlines and adoration and soon money. College leaders see that and go, why can't we do that? We should do that. That's what's going to happen. And the SEC would be, I would think, an imminent threat to take one or two of those schools. The Big Ten would be an imminent threat to take some of those schools. So I would make the point, if I'm at school trying to get into the ACC right now, that think about us or else. If you go
1: status quo, you're screwed. We can be part of your solution. Bingo. Uh, Again, it's if you're the ACC, there are several reasons you need to expand. You kind of touched on it right there. Like the, 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 you cannot sit still while the big 10 and the sec continue to compile. Let's call them assets. These schools are assets and that's what they're doing. And if you're the ACC and you want to compete with them on the field and financially, you have to also compile assets. And there are only so many assets to go around. And right now, West Virginia is a pretty darn good asset. If you ask me, I mean, they are, they're, uh, improving their facilities, they're improving their recruiting, they are competitive on the field, they will draw in eyeballs better than, I mean, you look around the rest of the big, what what's left in the Big 12 right now, assuming Texas and Oklahoma are gone, and West Virginia's got to be near the top as far as eyeballs go that you're going to get for streaming subscribers or whatever it is that they're you know putting the emphasis on here. West Virginia has proven for decades now that they can... Produce? Are they producing at the level of Texas and Oklahoma and that kind of stuff? No, but nobody is. No, nobody else in the league is. And so West Virginia is an asset that the ACC needs to look at. And again, they need to find things they can move the needle in. I think you know if it's it's going to be nearly impossible for them to convince Notre Dame to give up their current situation because apparently no one in the Power Five conference has the cojones to put their foot down with Notre Dame. So I'm Notre Dame, I'm never leaving this sweetheart deal of just making $40 million a year from TV stuff and always having a path to the uh, playoffs. Um, so the leagues would have to put their foot down and force them to join a conference if they wanted. They would have to include that in that playoff thing. you know, you, you got to be a conference champion. Or you have to be part of the conference. That's the only way I think they're going to get Notre Dame in there. And that would be like the best case scenario, I think, for West Virginia is the ACC adding two teams because it's very unlikely they'll add one like you're going to do it in additions of two, that would be the best case scenario. It was like an addition of West Virginia and Notre Dame, because not only does that get West Virginia home, but it helps out the ACC. It expands their footprint in the Notre Dame to West Virginia. And those two additions together, you can come back to the table to ESPN and say, rip up that crappy deal we signed that runs through 2036. My God, I can't get over how bad... The ACC's TV deal is, but and and give us a new one. Look, we got Notre Dame and West Virginia, and and sorry to I know there's going to be some WV fans thinking you know even footing here between those two teams, but West Virginia would need something like Notre Dame joining them in the league for ESPN to be willing to put in a new deal. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, that would you, you'd have to have backup there for sure. Yeah, Your Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Kansas. To get to 18 with Notre Dame as a partial member for football and basketball, that that would, eh. that might do it, something like that. But some combination teams without Notre Dame isn't going to do it because two things in the TV deal. Um, one, what I've heard from people is that it wasn't. It's it looks bad, but when these conferences come around to renegotiating their deals in a few years, it might not look so bad because the money is not going to be the same, just not. So. That number, and I forget what it is 30, is it like 33 million a year, something like that? Yeah,
1: 32 is what I, I think I had on the top of my head. Yeah.
0: That might not be so bad in like 2025, 26. It might be about normal or maybe a little bit above. But if you if you roll the dice, and think about this if you're at the ACC, you roll the dice, you don't negotiate until later. And what if you're in shambles in a couple of years when it's time to renegotiate that original deal? You've lost some teams or there's uncertainty. That 32, 33 might be even lower. So it, it doesn't look good right now. It might be okay later. But, and also too if you're going to renegotiate the deal like this is why this doesn't matter west virginia has to know it is not going to add 160 million dollars to a television contract that's right. that's crazy right so like i mean that's what you'd be talking about to make up the 10 million dollars a year difference for 16 schools in the in the in the conference now you'd have to add 160 million dollars that's that's crazy That's not gonna happen but they know that so that's that makes this a little bit easier i think to enter into the expectations are just different they understand them i think i hope um but that number moves closer to where it has to be if you grab another name and i'm not sure another name can go to the big 10 i think there's a contractual tether that kind of really attaches them to the acc it makes it harder than ever to get out but i know the big 10 has been interested before i can remember mike bray telling a conference call a story once that he went to bed thinking they were going to be a big 10 school in the morning um it didn't happen but like that's how close it's been so there's certainly interest but It just seems like if they're going to go anywhere, it's going to be the ACC. And relative to your point about um, the CFP, they can't get a bye in the tournament. This goes to 12 teams under the current format. They cannot get a bye because only um, the top six teams are conference champions. The top four get a bye. There's no way that Notre Dame will be allowed to be any better than number seven. Think about that, right? Yep. Is that good for them? No. So would they capitulate on things to make those terms a little bit better for them? That's that's pretty interesting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: You ready for something, Mike? As we're recording, we're recording this Monday morning. Joint statement from the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, they have informed the SEC that they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following the expiration in 2025. They provided notice, da 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 Uh, They intend to play it out year eight, but however, both universities will continue to monitor the rapidly evolving collegiate athletics landscape as they consider how best to position their athletics programs for the future. So it is now official, at least as of this moment, that Texas and Oklahoma will be somewhere other than the Big 12 at the very latest 2026 and presumably nobody wants to do lame duck for four years I, I don't think so um i'm assuming they'll work out some kind of deal to get out before then but it is now official officially official like, as we're recording here so let's do this I, I
0: can't get past this this is horrible for college sports it's horrible yeah I, I just i hate this i don't like it and like i just i've, I've seen other people say something about this similarly too i think i think Mike DeCoursey from the Sporting News said it better than I had, but this is almost like spineless for college leaders. It is like you're you're leveling other conferences now. You're forcing schools to take extreme, extenuating circumstances to do things that just don't make sense for their their fans, their student body, their student athletes. Like like West Virginia in the Big Twelve is weird. That's going to be normal now, subsequently, based on what this is gonna cause as far as reshuffling goes. This is not what the mission of college academics, college, athletics should be. I know that sounds whiny and and naive or whatever, but, like, I can't get past that. This is a a money grab for for two football programs that have it really good in one conference. So why are they leaving? Dollar signs, obviously, and with no care for everybody else they're leaving in their wake. This is bad for smaller schools in the Big 12. It's bad for smaller schools in the SEC. This is going to cause all sorts of reshuffling because of, like, the almighty football and the almighty dollar. Again, whiny, naive, whatever. I just... I, I hate the
1: repercussions and I hate the motivation for it. Yep. There's, there's no, uh, there's no hiding behind student athlete anymore. Student athlete's best stop. interest. Yeah. yeah. Forever, like forever. it's over. It's done. Like I think it was over. It should have been over a long time ago, even though they kept up the facade for so long, trying to, to hide behind the best interest of the student athletes. Never. Yeah. The next time somebody brings that up, if we're on a call, or in a press conference, I just want a reporter to just scream out "bullshit," no, nope. stop, and and because th- you can't say this anymore, you just can't. Yeah, um, oh, I just said a bad word on our podcast. I did I was wondering. I was like,
0: wait a minute, do I have a way to beat this? I don't know. how to <laughs> pick it out. Who cares? What are they gonna do? Fine us, suspend us, kick us out of the conference? Who cares? Um, yeah, yeah this, this is bad. So so let me ask you this now, Chris. Uh, what? Well, what would your reaction be, president of WVU, WU if nothing changes, if if the Big 12 somehow stays together in Oklahoma and Texas, say, you know what, we're back. We, we thought about it, but we're back. I
1: think I would be disappointed, and I'd be mad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that – one, I mean, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I would – if that somehow is like, oh, you know what, we can actually make more money, I, I would be – I would not be okay with it. And I would be – Um trying to find other ways around to, to find new homes. I I think, you know, they need to find another solution. Cause I'm not even sure, you know, I know there's been talk of the big 12 kind of sticking with what they got so far, but I think here's the best case scenario. I think for West Virginia behind the scenes and, and fans might fans will get antsy about it and stuff, but Maybe they stick around for a year or two, collect that big paycheck from Texas and Oklahoma, paying to get out right away, um, and because what is it, 150 million? So each school is going to get an extra 10, 15. You know, West Virginia wouldn't say no to that, and then land in the ACC in like 2023 or something like that. You know, I don't know how that would work timeline-wise, how that would all come together, but you can't i don't think the big i I think the big 12 is done Is what i'm getting at i think it's going to get picked apart i think you know a couple schools will end up in the pac 12 a couple schools will end up in the big 10 uh hopefully west virginia ends up in the acc that kind of situation i I think the big 12 as we know it is done
0: it's awful i mean look at look at everything tcu's done in the past decade and you're gonna tell me they're gonna be in the mountain west or the Pac-12 now—that's that's really sad. Look at Kansas State. Like, where does that school end up? Big I Ten? I don't know. Like, where does that school end up? That's 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 a brutal. It just—and those are Power Five programs—and they're going to be relegated maybe because of what two schools wanted and what one conference was able to accommodate. That's that's again. I could I could whine and I could sound naive about this, but I just can't get past that. It's just—it it's, kind of lacks leadership across college sports because no one can or will stand up to. You know certain powers, certain forces there too. It's, it's too bad, but I'm, I'm with you. I would right now, I would shift everything from let's try to stay in the Big 12, let's try to keep it together with or without Texas, and I would be on my way out. and I'm assuming that there are eight schools that are looking at that right now, and there's I, I would have no interest if I was West Virginia, if I was TCU, um, if I was like Kansas State, but I'm thinking of the teams that came up from the group of five, or maybe teams that are close in inspector, like a Kansas State, for example, or Texas Tech. That's unfair. I know that they've been power five schools for a while, but um. I have no interest in in welcoming Boise State, UCF, USF, Cincinnati, Memphis, et al. Into my league. I've worked way too hard. If I'm West Virginia, I've spent way too much money. Uh, I've committed myself. I've been dedicated to being a Power 5 school and acting like it. By every available indication, it's acquitted itself very well. Like, you gave me a seat at the table. (laughs) I knew how to handle myself. I've spent. I've invested. I've paid. been competitive in all the sports that are supposed to be affected positively like you you really can't say that west virginia has dropped the four on any of this right no why would you want to give other schools that chance like to get closer and maybe pass you up like why would you want to invite cincinnati to the table i would not want to do that number one number two it's foolish to think that you could build a 16 team conference with these eight schools that remain and eight other schools and that some other combination of either the newly arrived eight or the incumbent eight aren't going to leave and be poached sometime soon why would you why would you even try to continue forward here so Close the book on the Big 12, I think, officially right now, and try to figure out where do I get, where do I go, and how do I
1: get there, and and why is it the ACC? (laughs) Your stance on silence right now?
0: Hate it.
1: Hate it. So
0: that's just me. I work in the press, I think there should be communication. This 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 gets me like arrows aimed at me all the time. I get that. I think that in some regard, people understand why I think I should be able to talk to players and coaches at my preference, because I'm a reporter. I think I should be able to tell stories of various subjects, and there shouldn't be limitations on that. I like access. I like more access. I like unfettered access. And I, I, think, and I think the people at West Virginia or people listening or people in the media, they might they might roll their eyes or go, Mike, but they understand where that's coming from. That's just a professional position for me. I don't know why information is something that you would squelch. This is different. This is not the same. This is, again, this is the house on fire, right? Someone has to tell me that there's the fire truck is on the way and that my baseball card collection and my flat screen TV are going to be okay inside, right? I just need to know that stuff here. And I, and I can think it and whatever, but... It'd be a whole lot better if someone that I invested my trust and faith in were to come forward and say that. Will it happen soon? I hope so. I don't know. But again, I, I do complain sometimes about not being able to speak to certain people or what access we get. But that's because my job. This is different. This is not my job. I don't think anybody should care what I think or say about this as much as what the leadership at the university and that led department say about this. And those are the people that have to speak sooner or later. The problem is I'm not sure they know what to say until maybe right now, because now it seems like that this, the train is on the track and we hear the, the, the whistle, so to speak. So maybe you get something now. Maybe this is like a, a, a fork in the road that had to arrive at first. Um, but I wouldn't be silent much longer, even if it's just a statement. If it's a Zoom with reporters, um, something has to be said to your people right now because it's real. I mean,
1: this, this to me is a much bigger threat than last time. I think silence right now the pessimist would think oh crap WV screwed they don't have an option they got caught with their pants down and nothing's going to happen and and they're struggling to find anything and everything the optimist thinks that this silence is actually strength that they're already working on something and rather than it leak out that things slowly start to come out and maybe screw things up. They're trying to work out a deal right now to kind of get closer to an official release together with, you know, say the ACC. I'm not sure where I fall on that. Cause I'm not sure it's a spectrum. I think it's just two ends. I think that it's either one or the other with this silence and I don't want to sound too negative here because I, I again, I, me personally, I believe West Virginia has a lot to offer ACC. And if I was in charge of ACC, I would be trying to find ways to add West Virginia and another piece. Uh, What that other piece is, I've already said, I would love it for it to be Notre Dame. I don't know if that's realistic though, but we see this so often, so, so often when this realignment stuff is involved, things get leaked out. They get, they get leaked out. These aren't leak is such a, terrible word it, cuz it's not a leak it is purposefully sprayed directly into your face like the these schools and these leaders they want this information out there like the vast majority of it they want it out there so the fact that nothing is coming out about west virginia it, it does concern me a little bit like that it's you know if, if i would think like hey if west virginia is closing in on a deal or something has already been in touch that might get leaked out, and by leaked out, I mean accidentally sent directly to Mike's inbox to be shared, or, or you know, again, somebody that's to be like Dennis Dodd's inbox or whatever, and be out there. I talk me off the ledge, Mike. Talk me off the ledge.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. You don't want to ruin anything, but again, I'm, I'm not saying tell me the plan. I'm not saying like. I'm sure there'd be an expectation if you had Shane Lyons on the phone or on the radio or in a Zoom to say, have you been in contact with the ACC? And I'm sure the expectation would be that he's, he's going to say, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to talk about anything. I get that. So that's not the thing I would really be interested in. You're right, though. There's a concern about protecting your pursuit right now. Like, you don't want to give away the race. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that just says, hey, we're on top of this. Believe me, we're looking out for our 1. What is it? 1.5 million people in the state, whatever, right? Our, our mountaineer nation, just something like that, I think would be okay. Just, you know, hey, I found out when everybody else found out, but we put a plan into action right away. We're always prepared for this. I think that's very different than telling me the secrets. Those are two different things, so they can be treated differently too. Something else to think about as well. If I remember correctly from the last time we did this, when it got litigious between West Virginia and the Big East, and I may be wrong here, but I'm, I know this is at least a concern, but some things that have been Written in newspapers with quotations from you know officials, that was used as some sort of like an intent or uh, um, you know certain deadlines and contracts. Like this was their intent before a certain date passed, so therefore the money should be this. There, there are certain legal things you have to be aware of here too. So they come out and start saying things like, "Yes, we are examining different ways to get out of the Big 12." Uh, maybe you're breaching some sort of a clause in the covenants of the conference. I don't know all that stuff there, but there there certainly can be legal protections that you have to keep in mind. But I, I still think you can do that. Still talk to people and say, "Hey, chill, got this."
1: You're Podcast charged. headline: WVU already has ACC deal in the works. Per,
0: um, yeah, no, so, okay. You know, you're, you're probably right there too. So, <laughs> I, I had a question, and I think we kind of answered this too. Are, are we sure the ACC is the right place? I'm yes. worried about. I'm worried, but I'm still worried about <laughs> them getting poached. But It's the devil you know at this point, right? Like, I understand that's a threat, but that's a better situation than what I currently have. That's what I'd be thinking if I was Gear Lion. so I think that's the right one. Here's a question for you. Um, Friday night, ice is melting in the brown drink. Phone rings. Uh, President Anderson, this is um, Greg Sankey. We are taking Oklahoma and Texas, but
1: we're not done would like to bring you in Oklahoma. Yes. Okay, you in, you're in? <laughs> At this point, and this is the same kind of thing I said the last time around, you take the first life preserver that comes your way. Wow. You don't say, I'm a good swimmer, I'll wait for the next one. You don't. Uh, again, we talked about this with the last time around where West Virginia and Louisville were fighting to get in the Big 12, and ultimately Louisville ended up in the ACC and maybe that's where West Virginia – West Virginia should have let Louisville go to the Big 12 and West Virginia would have ended up in the ACC. But you didn't know that at the time. You, you didn't know the ACC was an option. So you can't – you couldn't roll that dice. Oliver Luck could not roll that – you know, be like, yeah, all right, Louisville, you take that. I think we'll be in the ACC in a couple of years. You don't know that. So unless the ACC has literally handed you a contract that they have already signed and are waiting for you to sign – you jump right on the SEC offer immediately. Now, if you're telling me that both the SEC and ACC send you a contract signed on their end, so the only thing that needs to be made official is your signature, I am very well aware that the SEC is going to make a lot more money. But... I think you go with the ACC. yeah am I create like for the long-term health of of West Virginia football and West Virginia basketball, like all West Virginia athletics, I think one, you have a higher chance of the football team being competitive year in year out in the ACC than the SEC. Yeah. Two, you're playing all your rivals travel. I mean, not like travels hard to get down to you know Florida and Georgia and stuff, but you're playing traditional rivals closer to home. You're going to have more enthusiasm from your fans, I think. Remember when the West Virginia went to the Big 12 and fans, oh, I was so excited. And then after like two years, that excitement, I don't want to say it faded, but it faded a little bit about the opponents, not about WVU, but about the opponents and the allure of you know playing these new teams. I think it would be the same way in the SEC. West Virginia would be so ecstatic about playing all these SEC teams. And then by year three, it would be like, yeah, you know what would be nice? playing Virginia Tech or Maryland or Pitt and and Miami and the schools that we always used to play. So I think long-term, if you put both those contracts in front of me at the same exact time, I might pick ACC and take a little bit less money now for the long-term stability of the, of uh, the programs. But if they're not coming at the exact same time, I'm taking the very first one that gets faxed over to my office. Without hesitation.
0: No, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's probably the way to go because again, the Big 12 thing was so strange. So let's get back to word familiar, and from there grows fan support and fundraising. That'll take care of some of your financial problems that you're bound to experience due to the gap between the ACC and SEC. I think that's perfectly, perfectly sound logic. I don't, I don't have an issue there too. Um, wrapping up, just a couple more things that have been on my mind for a little bit here too. Um, I wrote, I wrote something in conjunction with a bunch of our uh, Big 12 24/7 people here. And I included a line that apparently has people mad. Um, even the most seasoned supporter knows better than to expect good fortune twice. That meaning that West Virginia ended up on the good side of things last time. I think every West Virginia fan is like, oh, no, this can't possibly happen the right way for us again. That's in your head somewhere. That's that's, that's a concern you have because things are going in the right direction. And, and what happens if you're a West Virginia fan? Bad stuff happens when good things seem like they're on the way. So this, I think, is on everybody's head about, oh, no. Are we going to land on our feet again? And that's one reason I think that some sort of assurance or reassurance would be good. But it also leads me to this. it's the worst possible time for Neil Brown? Mm -hmm. It starts his third season. There's a lot of pressure on him to produce this season anyways. But, man, who carries the flag? I mean... I would say for the university, never mind the athletic department, if not the football team, in a matter like this, number one, number two, recruiting just became, yeah, exponentially more
1: difficult. Explain that. I can't imagine, like you know, you're recruiting against, you know, you look at West Virginia's commitment list and look at the offers for some of these other guys. I mean, West Virginia is beating out programs like Florida State, Miami, uh, Georgia, Michigan State, Penn State. And you're going to tell me that those schools aren't like, hmm, hey, you know, in a few years, West Virginia is going to be a group of five conference, basically, uh, you know, over there in the Big 12. You sure about that? You sure you want to stay there? Um, I, I guarantee teams are saying that. Now, if you're West Virginia, there's plenty of ammo to kind of reverse that and, and push back on that. Like a lot of these kids are from – uh, the East Coast—they're from Pennsylvania, Georgia, Virginia, uh, Florida. Like, hey, we might be in the ACC playing in front of your families all the time in a couple years. Or hey, this isn't done until 2025. You'll be in the NFL by then. So, what do you care? Um, I, I think there are some counter—you you, know—some counterattacks. I guess there's some defenses that that they they will have. But I guarantee that opposing teams are already using this against West Virginia
0: Thursday, big day or biggest day.
1: It's going to be big. Like it, it, the biggest day I think because, and there's two parts to what's going on Thursday, uh, the traditional camp style, uh, kind of camp that, that we've covered a handful of times already this summer, uh, one to five in the afternoon. There'll be some 2023, 2024 kids there, but more importantly, uh, Other players, including most of the players that are currently committed to the program, are supposed to be there around dinner time for kind of a picnic, hangout, barbecue, whatever, uh, with the coaching staff. That's basically going to be the coaching staff convincing them that everything's just fine. Don't worry about it. Stick with us. We know what we're doing. Good things are coming. And then there's going to be a handful of 2023 kids there that are like their top targets for the next class. And you have to basically make the same pitch to them. Don't blow us off. Keep us in mind. We're going to be great. You're going to be fine. School will be fine. The program will be fine. So it's going to be a big night, a huge night for this program. Eee. <laughs> <laughs> no, pressure, no pressure. No pressure. Oh, and 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 then you know, fall camp starts a week later. So uh, yeah, that's all it's an interesting argument about
0: what do you care? This won't be a factor until you're left. I, I gotta think that the big 12 is going to negotiate some sort of a settlement yeah. with Texas in Oklahoma. So right. this could be like, this could be the last year with them, maybe one more year. Cause I think no matter what I believe, I shouldn't know this, but I believe no matter what you're, you have to pay two years of conference revenue to leave. So that means have to wait at least two more years to get what they're due, no matter what, um, The 18-month rule, that's probably going to be in place, I would imagine. Um, Trouble is, 18 months from now is through the 22 football season. Are we going to do this for two years? Or do you do it and you let them go and you just get your two years that you're due because they have two years left? I, I just, I can't see them letting, running the risk of having these two in the conference for four years, winning championships. That's probably going to happen um across across sports like never mind maybe national championships and football and basketball look at you texas on that one um and then just letting them walk away for zero dollars because you're going to need that money to first of all supplement the money you're going to lose number one number two you have to pay exit fees to get other schools to come over i'm not joining the big 12 if you're making me pay my exit fee that was a slap in the face i thought last time that they made west virginia pay their exit fee to leave the big east i know west virginia needed it to get out so maybe they're willing to but if you do that now that's that's going to be an insult to schools and they're not going to do it like you have to answer the question of why should I join the big 12 right now I should join because I have to pay x million dollars no that's not going to do that so that's that's some things that have to they have to function and figure out because it could be an extremely awkward period of time I would hope it's it's less than more um let's leave on a positive note Chris I'm 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 not I don't have a horse I guess in this race dog in the fight whatever um but I'm also like not worried about covering a group of five team. I just don't think it's going to happen in West Virginia. Like, I think that they're going to be okay in the end here. I don't know that, um, but I can't believe they that they can't or won't end up in a better situation than what they've been in. This hasn't been a great, smashing experience for them. I can't believe there's not something better out there, and I think they've proven themselves. But like, I'm I'm not down about this. I think it stinks that you have to go through it, but I think that they can end up on the right side, and I can enumerate some reasons why. But are you are you along the same lines of thinking here that? Yeah, this is a tough thing to go through, but this could be good. And why?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately West Virginia will be fine. And ultimately, I think they'll be in a better spot because, uh, like, was the Big 12 great? No, not really. Like, the, again, that was my scenario earlier of the first life preserver that comes your way. I mean, uh, West Virginia was about to be stranded on a desert island and a dinghy boat came rolling by and, and they jumped on it as they should have. But there are options out there for a nice little yacht, you know, a little a, a little, little speedboat or something, something a little better than a dinghy uh, like the Big 12. And that's not to knock the Big 12. It's just the West Virginia's fit in the Big 12 is the dinghy, not the conference itself. Although, yeah, yeah. So I think in the end, I'm not overly concerned about it for West Virginia either, because. It might be a rocky, it might be a rocky few months. It might only be a rocky few days. Who knows that, you know, we've already seen how fast these things can move, at least out in the public eye. Um, and ultimately, I think West Virginia is going to come out in a better spot than they are right now. Hopefully those words do not come back to haunt me.
0: Yeah, I would not be surprised if you saw other schools announce that they're not going to, that they don't intend to sign the granted rights. I don't think that means they're leaving, but you got, you got to put that out there that, hey, I'm available. Yep. Like what would be what would be weird about West Virginia putting a statement out that says we do not intend to sign the grant rights? Doesn't mean you won't. I mean, you can make that perfectly clear to the other seven schools, but you're also making it perfectly clear to the rest of the power five that you're open for business. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw schools do that. I mean, they won't, no. but it's not a bad idea.
1: These um, are some these are some good leaks coming out right now from Texas, uh, Texas. Tells me, this is Brian Davis from the Austin American Statement. Who's the but, best, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome. He so and, Chip, but he's good, too. Uh, it says, tells me th- that Texas has, quote, every intention of fulfilling their contractual obligation through 2024-25. It, that's meet, me in, <laughs> yeah, so, meet that, me in court. That is, that is uh, you know, exhibit A of, oh, man, we really wanted to stick around. And they're like, what? Yeah, totally. We weren't, no, what?
0: It just means you're not attempting to breach the contract. You're willing yeah. to go to the end and please meet me in court. So that's fine. That makes sense. I get it. Um,
1: I'll, no, I'll, it's I'll... exactly what we're saying. Like everyone knows that they're going to try to get out before then, but they have to say this publicly. And they're even sending out their quote unquote leaks to the newspaper guys and stuff being like, Hey, uh, just tell everybody that we're sticking around for a while. Cause yep. we have to say that that's all. There I is. will,
0: um, I'll mimic your positivity. I think everything you said is right there. I think that's what people should think i think that west virginia can tout some bona fides that i mean again not just athletics i think they should combat a lot of the the misconceptions and falsehoods maybe even about academic standing and and why some of the the data points that people produce are irrelevant and that might mean back channeling with reporters not me maybe like education reporters people that would actually speak a language that presidents and chancellors and other boarders might um, might understand um I think those things are, are I think there's all on West Virginia side. I think it's a good thing. And again, the fact that they made the most of an opportunity given to them 10 years ago, I think that's important. I don't think you would doubt that West Virginia would take it seriously and be good at it. Um, so everything you said, I agree 100% there. I would say this too, if you're a West Virginia fan and you wanna see something competent and organized and effective and acted and executed here, um, I think you've gotta feel pretty good about your personnel. Like, like your, your president, your board of governors, your athletic director, his staff, if, if you're going into a battle like this, you want to have certain confidence in the, the potential and their, and their capability. I don't know where you'd be wanting for more. And what I mean by that is like, you, you've got people who do they have a plan ideally. Right. But like, I think that they understand what they're doing and the people know who they are really, there's, there's really not a lot more people who are more respected in like the athletic administration of late than Shane Lyons. Like that guy's been really good to college football and that's going to indicate that West Virginia has somebody in charge who's serious about how to conduct themselves as a member of a new conference. Um, Gordon Gee, resume speaks for himself. I think that that's probably going to be um, a guy who can get them into a lot of conversations and a lot of rooms. My point being that we don't know how this is going to turn out. It could be weeks or months. I hope you're right, Chris, in days, but it could be weeks or months before we know. But if you're following people into a situation like this, I think you got to feel pretty good that those two guys and their teams, they check a lot of the boxes that you want to have checked. Um you're not going to go in being like, "Oh man, I wish we had one more of this or I wish we had a little bit more of that." I think those two have a lot of the the bases
1: covered. Well, I think we got all the bases covered during this podcast. I mean, we're full over an hour and a statement coming out right in the middle of it. So, uh, I think we we're good, right? Anything else you want to cover before we wrap up here?
0: No, we got plenty of basketball stuff we can write about. We have um, NIL stuff we can write about, but this is the issue of the day and, and the day for a long time right now. So I think it's deserved all the attention it got. All right, sounds good. Until next time. Which, by the way, Chris, I'm leaving you for four days. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> in, the in the middle right. of this, you could yeah. set you gotta set your watch to <laughs> Mike's
1: Mike's leaving for vacation. The Big Twelve is falling apart. We got camp. Three kids planning on committing in a week or something. At least two, I think, with Commitment Day announced. NBA Draft with McBride. Yeah, enjoy your vacation, Mike. Don't worry about it. I I intend to, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Until
0: then, I'm Mike Cassazin. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.